Welcome to Highway Christian Community Sermon Download. Our aim is to reveal from Scripture just how good God really is. Find more of our sermons and other links as well as contact details at our website www.highway.org.za That's H-I-G-H-W-A-Y dot org dot Z-A May this sermon bless you. Enjoy. Awesome, wonderful, majestic in heaven. Open your hearts this morning and allow what God has begun here to penetrate and permeate and completely revolutionize your understanding of who He is and how majestic and awesome and powerful He is. Amen. Amen. As we take our seats, we continue in uh, our worship of Him. Good morning to everybody. What a great place to be today. And um, I'm still getting asked the question, so Steve, how was your holiday? To which I answer, when it's over, I'll let you know. I thought it took a lot of detoxing to get out of work into holiday. Now it's taking even more to get out of holiday into work. But maybe God wants us to live in a place of rest, eh? I mean, maybe that's not a bad thing when we don't take ourselves too seriously. Thank you for your great... uh, agreement this morning. Okay, I'll get back to work this week, I promise you. Amen. Well, uh, in preparation for tomorrow night's uh, teaching time, I've, uh, we're going to be, I'm going to be, I've been preparing around just the character of God and who God is and His greatness, His splendor, His majesty. And in the preparation for that, I've just come to this realization that whatever view I've got of God and whatever view you've got of God, it's too small. Now, I know you might need some time for that to sink in. But, you know, we've all got a picture in our minds. It comes from our backgrounds, our feelings, our emotions, our relationships. And we somehow have this image of God. And... uh, it's called a worldview. There's a worldview of what God is, and then there's a Bible view of what God is. And not just written words out of the Bible, but a revelation, like the revelation that gripped the hearts of Moses, and then of David, and then of the prophets, and then was manifest in Christ, and through the apostolic writings. There is a, a great understanding of God that we haven't even got close to. So I want to say to you this morning, whatever picture you've got, whatever picture I've got, we desperately need an exalted view of who God is. I like the worship this morning. I could sense a bit of, God, you're bigger than the mountains I face. I know our God has revealed himself as a father, but he's not Father Christmas. God is unlike all the other gods of all the nations and all the religions. He is the one true eternal God who's lived before time and will live past time. Time as we know it only got created at the Big Bang. When physical things, a physical universe came into being, time began as we knew it. But God was eternal.
eternally before that. And by the time it all vacuums up or whatever the scientists think is going to happen and it's going to contract, you know, it bang, expanded, it grew, and then at some stage it can't. Whatever, beyond that, God is forever and forever. And this time, he invites us to join him on that side of eternity. But God has lived on that side of eternity. We didn't. We were created in time and space. You see, this is what it means to walk in the fear of God. It's not to fear some trigger-happy, schizophrenic God who's going to lash back at you. It's standing in the awesome presence of majesty. Whatever view we have of God is too small. We need an exalted view of his greatness, his power, his majesty. When people in the world say they don't believe in God, what they're saying is they don't believe in the worldview's presentation of a God. Because that's a limited view. It's a view that God punishes with earthquakes and famine. and It's a worldview of a small God with limited capacity. Now, I know we don't have all the answers around suffering in the world. We'll only understand those things on the other side of eternity. We'll look back when we watch the movies in heaven and see what the fall of man, the selfishness of man, the corruption of man, the greed of man brought upon this planet. But for now, we live by this thing called faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. Faith is our Knowing that God is magnificent and wonderful and righteous. And in Romans, I don't have my clicker with me, but it's going to come up. I've got good faith. Ash, I didn't, uh, was, is the clicker on the chair there, right? No, okay. So it's going to, is it going to come up? Okay, here we go, here we go. Look at this passage, Romans chapter 11. It says, oh, let, let's say it together, okay? Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments, his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay them? For, here we go, from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Isn't that magnificent? Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. We will spend all eternity fathoming those depths. It wasn't just given for this life to understand God. And by the way, to those who argue that they don't believe in God, Firstly, you can remind them that God still believes in them. But when you pass that, we only get to know God when he reveals himself to us. Or else we're left with a perverted, idol-worshipping worldview of a God who's not the God that has revealed himself. So we could not know God unless he chose to reveal himself. And he will progressively unveil and reveal the depth, the width, the length, the height. Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and the knowledge 
of God. Amen. Let whatever picture you have of God just get blown out. We need an exalted view of God's majesty, his splendor, his beauty. And maybe it's gone a bit out of focus for you. Maybe you're sitting there and saying, yes, Steve, God has revealed, but I kind of lose that along the way. Or maybe that revelation isn't what it was. I'm encouraged by a little fable I once heard. And maybe some of you mountain climbers have had a similar experience in your life. The, 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 The fable goes about someone on a journey. He saw a mountain in the distance and he wanted to get to that mountain and he had it go along the certain path. And as he was going down the path, he came underneath another mountain that obscured the mountain that he was going to. And in that moment, he, he couldn't bring himself to see that other mountain, but he knew it was there, obscured as it was. He just kept on walking on that path. He kept on walking on that path. He kept on walking on that path. Because he knew on the other side of this mountain, that mountain doesn't, it does exist. And as he came through the cutting around the gorge, he saw it appear again. And that is a very encouraging story. Because there are times when we're taking our journey of life that the God that we know that we know is obscured. But if we won't give up and we'll keep on walking, if we don't shrink back, if we don't lose heart, if we don't give up along the way, but continue to break bread with the saints, continue to worship with the saints, continue to devour the word of God, crying out, Lord, I don't see you right now, but I know on the other side of this mountain, you are still God. Amen. I'm encouraged by that story. He chooses to reveal himself. David was such a man that had an understanding and a revelation of how wonderful this God is. And I'm going to ask that we, we read through an extended passage in Psalm um, chapter, somewhere it's going to come up. Believe me, it's in the Psalms. 116, if you've got your Bible. It says, I love the Lord. Let's read this together. Can you either out of your Bible, if you've got an NIV, you'll read the same line. Or just where you're sitting. I love the Lord. For he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy. Because he turned his ear to me, I will call on him as long as I live. The cords of death entangled me. The anguish of the grave came upon me. I was overcome by distress and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord. Lord, save me. The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. The Lord protects the unwary. When I was brought low, he saved me. Return to your rest, O my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. For you, Lord, have delivered me from death. My eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I trusted in the Lord when I said, I am greatly afflicted. In my alarm I said, everyone is a liar. What shall I return to the Lord for all the goodness to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his faithful servants. Truly I am your servant, Lord. I serve you just as my mother did. You have freed me from my chains. 
I will sacrifice a thanks offering to you and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people, in the courts of the Lord, in your midst, Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. Here was a man with such a wonderful revelation of Jehovah God Almighty. Many mountains obscured David's vision. One big mountain was Saul. One big mountain were the Amalekites, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Woodentites, the Kudentites, and all the other enemies that he came across. But something deep within his soul connected to this reality. He was a man ahead of his time. Even though he lived in a, a covenant that was inferior and it was limited around a physical Jerusalem, a physical temple, a physical, it was a picture of something greater. And David took hold of that something greater that you and I have the privilege of knowing. What a mighty God. What an awesome God. So you can see as I've been studying on this topic, around the character of God, and I'll be going a little bit deeper, obviously, tomorrow night, but hopefully not too deep, that I lose myself. Something crying for me saying, this is what it means to live in the fear of God. To know how awesome and how majestic and how great He is. I know a lot's being said about tomorrow night, so let me throw this in here now. If you're not in a life group, you're welcome to come here on Monday night. If you're on a life group and it's going to get to you, that's great. Then it's going to get to you. We're going to be unpacking these themes through through the life groups. But if you're not in a life group, Monday night, I know some of the life groups are joining us. But if you'd like to, if you can't make a Monday night, and you want to know where in, your, in the area you live in is a life group, there's going to be a table as you leave this morning. There's a table set up and one of the, 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 the home cells uh, will have the information for those who can't do a Monday night, but would like to be in the live group. Church, I believe we need to be equipped. We need to be established so that we can be empowered to reach the world. There's a world out there that needs to know about the God that we serve. The God who has revealed himself. The God who's majestic. The God that they have a worldview about, but they don't have a Bible view about. So let's get into the Word and find out what the Word says. Not our philosophies, not our isms, not our uh, latest fad, but let's find out what God's Word teaches. Because as we established and equipped, we become empowered. You can only give away what you got. Tell the person next to you. You can only give away what you got. And our revelation of God right now is too small. Come on. If you think, if that's not true of you, then you should be standing up here. Not so fast, Paul. If you can't relate to what I'm saying there, that whatever you think of God is too small, you need an exalted view, a Bible view of who God is. So don't tell me we don't have to go to the Word and study to equip and to establish ourselves. Because we can never give away what we haven't got. Amen? I'm going to get the worship group up here in about 10 minutes again. Because I want to, there was a song we sung in there, Robbie. It was a new one right at the beginning. Will you know which one I'm talking about? I hope. I forgot the words already. But I know it said everything about what I'm saying. So thank you for being on the page. I want to just share with you quickly four things I'm going to do in just a few minutes. You, oh, you thought I was ready in my sermon. Relax. 
The mercy of the Lord endures forever. Steve's sermons don't endure forever. I want to give you just a couple of things. When you have an exalted view of God, okay? So when you have an exalted view of God, some things adjust and shift. First of all, we know that nothing catches him by surprise. Now that's really deep, eh? But that is so vital. When we see God bigger than our mountain, when we have a revelation of who he is, that he's this God that knows the beginning from the end, that is sovereign in making choices that are according to his holiness and his righteousness. We know that nothing slips his mind. Even Jesus said, the hairs on your head. I know that's not a big thing for some people, but for those of us, Jesus is saying something you wouldn't even talk about, you wouldn't even consider so, because it's, it's so, uh, arbitrary. Like, how many hairs have you got in your head? God even knows that. So that's the first thing to know that nothing is going to slip his attention. Nothing's going to catch him by surprise. When you have an exalted view of God, secondly, you know you can never be separated from him. There might be something obscuring your vision right now. My friend, Keep walking. When the mountain in front of you is bigger than the mountain you're heading, keep walking. Don't give up. Don't shrink back. Don't let go. Don't get sidetracked and lose heart. Keep walking. Keep going. Keep having communion with the saints. Keep on devouring God's word. Keep on worship in a place or gathering with those who want to worship. Don't stop. Keep going. The worst thing you can do is stop walking and start walking backwards. That mountain will only get bigger, and the mountain of the Lord will only get smaller. You will never be separated from Him. When you have an exalted view of God, you will know that. And thirdly, when you have an exalted view of God, you know you can trust that He will do what is loving and right in your life because He is loving and righteous. God is loving and righteous. You can have the full confidence that he will do what's loving and righteous. Someone once said, mercy is God not giving us what we deserve. Grace is God giving us what we don't deserve. I mean, we've all been faced with it in our insurance contracts, the acts of God. They really think at the next Cyclone that comes is God's way of extracting money out of the insurance company. I don't know where they got that from. When you live with an exalted view of God, you don't have to fear God will do things that are out of his character. God's character is love and he'll do what's right because he's righteous. You can trust someone who's loving and righteous. Come on. Come on, my kids, that was a good time to say amen. Now, the Bible says your parents tried their best, but they're evil, actually, in comparison to how much God loves you. And that love won't let you down. And then, finally, when we have an exalted view of God, in the end, he will be vindicated. One day, please mark these words because they will come true. One day, in eternity, 
or however you want to phrase that, on the other side of the grave, or after Jesus comes back, however you want to put that, you will look back and say, God was true, and everything else was a lie. Come on, let's say that. God is true, and everything else is a lie. Say it one more time. God is true, and everything else is... There's some people not saying it. Uh, We've got to say it so our ears can hear it. God is true, and everything else is a lie. We're going to look back, and we're going to know that God is vindicated. And right now, we live in faith of that. We don't see it. But faith takes hold of what's in the future. Like good David, he had to take hold of the future and pull it into an inferior covenant. We take what's in eternity and we bring it into the presence. Amen. And I want to conclude you with Psalm 10, I beg your pardon, 103. And Robbie and the guys, do you want to come up? Psalm 103. Let's read. Let's stand up and read this. See, we're going to allow a little bit of time now as we declare these songs again. I want to allow and believe that the presence of God is going to become a revelation to you. If you're struggling right now in your revelation of who and how awesome and how wonderful this God is, this is a good time when we start singing the song to step out of your seats, come and stand in the front, because there's something about just an act, a prophetic stepping out, like a prophetic sign, and having someone just lay hands on you that can sometimes just spark and release. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. As a father Read that one more time. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those. Just lift up your hands wherever you're standing right now. We hear a lot about the fear of God. What is the fear of God? I'm convinced this morning that the fear is God of God is having an exalted view of who He is. Right now, we just want to change whatever mindsets, whatever paradigms we've got, whatever worldviews we've inherited, and we want to replace it for a Bible view. The revelation God gave through His holy servants and the prophets, and ultimately through Jesus Christ. We say, come Holy Spirit, would you just come and just make your presence, your awe, your splendor, our God, you're awesome. Shabrasta baraka shabaka. Shabrinte bere. It's a song I will follow Jesus.
and sing that again, I will follow Jesus. I will follow Jesus With every breath I take And nothing is above Him None can take His place I will worship Jesus Lord of all, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. hope of life eternal, I bow before His throne, I will follow Jesus, I will follow Jesus, with every breath I take. can take his place I will worship him I will worship Jesus and Lord of all hope of life eternal I bow before his throne Glory to the Lord. 